All right. All right, we're going to get started so that you can have lunch at a somewhat decent hour. I don't know why at this point in time I, like, I expect if I say we're going to get started, people would like actually move to their seats. But... All right. Are we all in? We're all in. That was just my sneaky way of getting yes votes. And he said yes. All right. I want to pray that the Lord directs us in the next few minutes. Um, I don't have a desire to take all of your afternoon, but we don't have many times to meet like this and talk like this. So, um, so I don't want to rush out to Rio Grande either. So... Um, Let's, let's take the time we need, so let's pray. Father, thank you for uh, just who you are, Lord, in our lives. Thank you for the testimony of salvation that sits in front of me. Um, thank you that, Father, you bring new life into our family. Uh, every month we hear of somebody saying yes to you. And so, Father, I just want to thank you that you are still doing a work. Lord, how boring it would be to be in a church where nobody is coming to know you. And we thank you for that. We thank you that people are growing and uh, Father, I want to pray now as we actually talk about um, logistics of our growth. Um, that, Lord, it can be challenging things at times. And so, Lord, this is the moment where we need to have a great base to build on and to start forward. So help us to do that now as we have this meeting. Help us to answer any questions we need to, especially if the board, myself, the staff haven't thought of those questions. Um, and then, Lord, I... Uh, just reveal uh, entirely your will, we pray in your son's name. Amen. All right, good. So what we talked about during our teaching today really focused on, on what it takes from a vision perspective, from a spiritual base perspective. Uh, what we're talking about as far as Wendover, Lando Wendover and building a building, please know that it has... It, it is not the first step. It, it's not the starting point to launch into something. It is the spiritual base of who we are in Christ and what, uh, how we're willing to follow him. That's why we talked the way we did earlier today. The purpose of this meeting is to talk specifically about land on Wendover and about building a building on that piece of land on Wendover. So that's our total focus here. I want to make sure we answer all those questions. We're going to present a plan uh, that has really 
a timeline, but you need to hear a couple timelines and why there's a couple timelines on that. And then really at the end of it, it is to put a ballot before you. And our hope is that we would condense this information, this understanding down to one very clear plan that makes sense to us and that we would collectively as a church be able to say, yes, I'm on board with that one clear plan and be able to move forward or that we would understand God is saying, no, I'm not on board uh, with that one clear plan. Does that make sense? So that's our focus and we have ballots available today to actually move that direction. Now, per our discipline of the Wesleyan Church, which we are a proud member of, of the Wesleyan Church as a denomination, per our membership in the Wesleyan Church, when you vote on land or building, you do not have to have a member, non-member vote for that. Um, we, are, we are dictated per our discipline that is a member vote when we're voting on annual budget, when we're voting on church leadership, board, trustees, people like that. But putting a decision like this of our future as far as where we locate is left up to the discretion of the pastor and the LBA, how we vote. We feel like those who call this their home and who are regular attenders here have a valuable voice on the table as well when it comes to, to this. Now, if you were sitting here and you were like a once every quarter person, I probably would have politely tapped you on the shoulder already and say, hey, when we're voting, let that pass you by. Um, so that's what we're talking about. Does that make sense there? I want to be as polite as I can on that, but this is, this is the family that's all in. This is the building stone and the, and the building block of where we're going and what we're talking about. So, this? I don't know what you're communicating to me. Oh, pretty close to me. I knew what you were saying. I was just enjoying watching you do whatever you were doing back there. So. All right, is that better? All right, good, I'm sorry. So, Do I need to start from the beginning? The whole sermon again? Okay. All right, so um, let me just talk about the land. Um, the... If you remember the history, and I'll, I'll, I'll brief overview, that this piece of land was looked at four years ago. It was about $450,000 when I looked at it. And so we just dismissed that. We moved on from there and, uh, and didn't really uh, consider that at the time. Uh, getting on the land for 450000 a building project in the 900000 range, that just didn't make financial sense for us at the time. So didn't really even consider uh, that type of lot. We did look at one lot one time for 400000 that we really were excited about because of the location and the person who was selling and what, what it was ready to build. But um, yeah, then they sold it to somebody. So... Uh, <laughs> That happens. Um, so I moved off it. You know over the past two and a half years, we have been inside nearly 50, if not more, buildings. I mean, not, not just, hey, there's a building for sale, but we walk through the building and try to envision our church. So um, even though it feels like a long time, believe me, we're, we've tried to do the legwork, do the work. We have been close and progressed on a couple different buildings. That piece of land I told you about, we were actually meeting with the person when I was called the night before. Uh, you know about the, the, build, the building over off of Sandy Ridge Road that we felt like we were really tracking close to. There was a building on Cliff Road that didn't go past the board side of it, but the board had toured it twice, the staff had toured it once, and we, were, we really liked that building too. And God just, one after another, door shut, door shut. Oh, not to mention the one down in Wendover Hills crossing on Tinley road that that didn't work out either so 
it just felt like these things didn't match up. And let me tell you the things that didn't match up. First of all, space. Feeling like it's a building that fit what we do and how we do it is, was difficult. Parking, oddly enough, has been difficult. To find an existing building, we found 20,000 square foot buildings that have parking for about 15 spots um, because that's what they do. They didn't need parking. And some of those areas, it would have been very hard to ever permit to put in additional parking just because of easements and things like that. And so it's just one by one, just no, 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 no. Um, at financial side, it was very, very important to us as well. When we would see a building like on Clifton Road and we thought, man, that building should be $2 million and they're willing to sell it for one point five. You know, it felt like, man, this is, it'd be a great deal if we could get on. But the bottom line is that's not, that's not where we were looking uh, uh, price-wise on a building. So we stepped away from it. So for whatever reason, we kept moving away. Then, of course, I told you I got the call on this from the guy that's selling it that said, hey, are you still interested in this piece of land? I didn't even remember what he was talking about. So I had to drive over there to look at it. And I said, yeah, I kind of remember. I didn't even remember the price, really. I had to go back and look through my notes. Um, and he said, we're offering for 150000 and my first question, really, jokingly, I said, well, how much of it is swampland? And anyhow, the board started down that process of that piece of land on Windover to do our own due diligence before we moved into an official period of due diligence to find out if the land was legit. We found that, that it was uh, somewhere around five and a half acres of it was buildable acres for us. And from a church perspective, everything we wanted to do towards the front, the road side of it, was the prime real estate in the f more flattened area that we could build what we would build and still have a presence immediately on Windover Hills Avenue. That was very important. There's some area off to the back that probably will never be developed uh, down below, acre and a half or so, maybe a little bit more because of the terrain. That's okay with us. We're going to talk about why that actually helps us in just a few minutes. Um, but it seems like it fit up, fit really well in our own due diligence period. Then we decided to lock up the land and we went under a 90-day period of due diligence. 60 days plus an additional 30 if we were making progress. We were. We took the additional 30. That ends tomorrow. So tomorrow we will need to call them and say, we are purchasing this land or we're giving it up. That is, that is the day tomorrow to do that. Um, so we settled with them on a price for 150000 Our Wesleyan Investment Foundation approved us for that amount, um, so we can we can borrow that, we can have that. It's an $857 payment a month for that piece of land, which is something we felt financially from the board perspective we could we could handle if we move forward on even just the land at this point um, would be would be fine for us. Um, so that led us to the point where we said, well, we need to think: what do we do with the land? What kind of building do we put on it? What are we trying to figure out? Um, I would love to tell you, well, that's just a simple, easy meeting. You sit down with an architect, you, you hammer it out, but it just it doesn't go that way. Um, the more people around the table, the more thoughts and opinions you have. There's a huge plus to that because you don't miss some things. When I was in Phoenix, we built a 29,000-square-foot building, beautiful square foot, big building, 500-seat sanctuary. We did not, in the whole process, ourselves, our architect, builder, Think about one storage closet in the entire 29,000 square feet. <laughs> you can imagine the headache we had when we moved in and said, huh, wh where, do we st where do we store these chairs? And we lost two classrooms to storage because we didn't think through it. So having more voices at the table, very helpful. You catch those kind of things. 
That's very good. Having more voices at the table can be uh, frustrating because you have more voices at the table. And so it takes a long time. We, had, we just decided we wanted to make sure we heard from all of our board. We wanted to hear from all of our staff who functions in the building and who do, does ministry and handles the ministry in the building. And so it, just, it took a little bit longer process. Plus, we, we have an architect who's, who's designing it and, and building it, and they bring some of their own thoughts to it. And so the, there are times when that, when the architect puts something out and you go, you have nailed it. That's exactly what. And then they put something out sometimes where you're like, it doesn't quite fit us. So let me, let me better explain who we are. And so it just took time. About six meetings it took and six renditions and working through those type of things. We are not paying him by the hour. So don't worry about that. We did pay him for the project. So I'll meet with him as many times as I want. So, um, so anyhow... We, we basically narrowed it down to a building that we thought would work well for us. Now, our, de- our desire, if we were to just say, hey, we'll take everything we want, like when you go to Disneyland, there's a lot of options you can pay for to have your vacation. And if you wanted to say, hey, I'll take it all, you know, you, you'll pay for it forever. Um, so same thing. If we said we just, hey, we'll take it all, um, we decided we needed to think about from our church perspective and our church size and other churches that are similar to our size, what kind of building were they building, what type of money did they have to borrow, and what type of payments were they paying each month, and just how did that go down. So I, fortunately, I have three pastor friends, all three in this area, and they've all three put up buildings, um, and they're roughly in the same, same design and the same size. And so... Um, I was able to get a lot of information on that. And in the end, we felt like, would, would a 20,000 square foot, 15,000, 13, it'd be great, be fun, right? Um, but that doesn't fit financially um, where we're at. Now, nothing fits us financially. Let me make sure I'm, I'm saying that clear. We're not talking about building something just because we can pay with the money in the bank. We will be stretched with anything we do. Everything we do will require us to really venture out. It will require our tithes and offerings to go up, and some of you don't tithe, you don't give offering. And this will be a period where you have to start doing that because God has said to do it, and the life of the church will depend on it. And then we'll have a period of time where we have to financially say, I'm going to rise up and give a special amount because we're gonna, we, we want this much cash on hand when we enter into that, and God's going to put it on your heart and amount, and it's going to stretch you and push you. It's going to stretch and push me. And at times, I'm not even going to like that amount, but um, we're going to say yes to God and move forward. So anything will do that. We felt like this building in this price range, this 8,000-square-foot building in this price range, was something that, that we would be stretched, we'd have to be stretched, but it was something that was very responsible, we felt like, for us. To say, God, take what I have, let him multiply it where, where he would take it, and this will work for us. Plus, we're looking at a design that would allow us, because of the property we're on, to build additional space um, on there. Now, the value of the whole seven acres is this. Um, when we build on that, the 8,000 square foot plus the parking stuff, we're, we're reaching just under 11% of the whole acres. And as long as we stay under 24% in that area, we don't have to put in the big retention pond as well. So we will have to do some stuff on, on water runoff and collection area, but we won't have to put in a, a big pond, which you could run about a $50,000 um, venture or more. I don't know. Um, and so uh, having all of the land... Is helpful. So if you already were rolling like I was, well, why don't we use five and sell two? Um, 
it's going to end up costing us if we do that because we'll have to we'll have to somehow retain our water because we'll have a greater percentage that we're building on. Does that make sense? So seven acres is actually helping us. It's a benefit to us. The, the one and a half acres that can't be built on, that's okay. Throw some trails back there, make it a nice nature walk, something like that. It'll, it'll, be, a, it'll be a great addition uh, there, but it actually helps us in that. So I sent you this week the site design. This is the overview of the property and where the building sits on this. You got this in an email. It's on the screen. There we go. All right, I guess the resolution is not super. Um, but you can see that this, the, the building sitting on the upper right. We thought angling the building a little bit would allow good visibility from both sides of Windover when you're driving up and down, and you could actually use the sides of the building for some of your promotion and view of the building rather than having to put up double signs um, to, to catch traffic because you do have a center divider. So it just kind of helped the look uh, of it and where it sits, and we thought a little, little angle. Um, throws a little bit of fun design into it uh, as well. So and you can see the parking would be just below it, a uh, long parking lot there. Uh, <coughs> we basically, in our size church, at minimum 64 parking places. This obviously gives us access to many more than that if, if, we, if we need. So they would be built in, um, I can't remember the number, it was over 64 that he would, be, that he would build, build in. The dark black line you're seeing around, that's the easement. So basically everything outside of that is really easement for the Department of Transportation there. Um, inside that, you'll see a faint, uh, faint black line that's going right around where the building sits, and that's our setback from the easement. So that's how far setback the building has to be away from that easement, so we can't build within that. So you see the building really sits perfectly in that area right there. Whoop! There goes my drink. It's on the carpet, though, Leslie. I don't know where she is. All right, so down here, um, where you see a rectangle here, which is actually more like a square because this, I think this is elongated with a screen. More like a square. That's actually, would currently just be a grass field, be a place where the kids can play, youth can play, whatever. But it's also a, an opportunity for a future building to be built there if, if uh, we did some type of stage two, um, which we really felt as a board to go into it and very quickly to have a design for a phase two and have some target of how much building one would need to be paid down before you could consider start looking on building two would be an important plan to already have in place for us when we moved into the building. So that's, there's thought process on that as well. But currently it can be a grass field for us to play on and, and, and whatnot. Um, so additional building in the future can go on that. If you see the, two, the, the, the land that's outside that would not be ours, um, right up here on the top, um, that's actually owned by two different people. Um, and so is there a possibility that someday they would sell and we could have that whole edge? Yeah, I guess it's possible, but we don't have any indication that they're, they're interested in that. And surely up till now somebody's asked because uh, that would be a nice block, the whole thing. Um, but obviously we would we'd keep our ears to the ground on something like that. And a building could go in that spot if, if that was a, a potential building too. So all that to say, there is plenty of land, even up here just in this area of the, the top area of the land, to do uh, additional growth as well, even though starting with 8,000 um, could seem smaller than we originally thought. There's plenty of opportunity for future expansion on this land, one of the benefits of moving on a site like this. So any questions on what you're looking at now before I jumped? 
No? All right. Everybody understands where it's at on Wendover? Good. You've driven by it? Excellent. Excellent. All right. Good. Um, let's flip over to our, uh, our um, uh, the second one. I don't know what it is. Is it the floor plan? What's the second one? There we go. Oh, we're elongated on that, too. All right. So <laughs> picture this more like a square. Oh. Um, David, can you, can you pop back here and flip that to 4-3 instead of the 16-9? Will that change it up here? That's me sounding like I know what I'm talking about. Whoa, he did it. He didn't have to go back there. Okay, so this is what uh, it basically looks like. You can see it's kind of a square uh, building. Some of the, uh, the outer marks there um, are just measurement lines that come out. So look at the double lines that are going around the building. That's the square frame around. So you see, you go in, there's a worship center off to your left, a fellowship through the middle, and that was really important to us to, to keep a fellowship area because our original designs and where I, I was having to communicate with the architect, and, and I wasn't doing a great job at the beginning, was just letting them know, look, when, I, when we end, I can't get people to leave. And so to have a, a tight space, because originally his design was just a hallway out front, is not going to work for us. I mean, I, I've got to have space you know, out there. So, um, so we kept working on that and, that, and, and we got this 20, I don't know, 23 feet or whatever it is, fellowship space. And you can see in the, in the sanctuary, we tried to make it where as many doors would open into the sanctuary as we could get down that wall so that when you have all those doors open, the fellowship area, the, the sanctuary, it, it would feel like a little bit of an open concept through there. And so that's kind of what we have. The sanctuary, we have really, as we've talked about it, and this, this goes long before what you're sitting in right now and what we did a, about a, a month and a half ago, but we had talked about wanting to create kind of a, a, an economy of space and a little bit more of an intimate feel. And so we started to talk about this wrap design more. And you actually um, can fit more chairs in a smaller bit of space when you wrap a bit. Um, and we just love what it, it does a little more intimacy-wise. Now, uh, one of the things is you would have a stage. It would be raised. So if you're sitting here and you're sitting here, you wouldn't be staring at each other quite like you're feeling in this setting because the stage would be up about, I don't know, 18 inches or so. We haven't decided how big that would be. So... You do a little more looking up, not staring into that person's eyes. I mean, if you're a young guy and a young girl and you like each other, this is wonderful. So, but if not, it, yeah, I get it. So that's what we're looking at here. Um, we really wanted something that created a hallway-type entrance to our kids' area so that as you're walking in, we could create some grand entrance to our kids' area. Um, and so we went, we kind of went back and forth to help create, because most churches, I, I don't think, um, have this, this entrance like this where you know, like, hey, I'm walking into kids' land, or I'm, I'm walking into this. And so we, we kind of went back and forth trying to create this. But what, basically what we got here is that's a 10-foot hallway um, there from the fellowship hall starting into the classroom area there. And that's enough space that you could have your kids' check-in center. You could have a whole grand kids' entrance. The, the paint scheme could change once you start going in there so you understand you're entering the kids' area. And then you'll see we have five classrooms back there that are 15 by 15. We went and we measured um, what space we're using in the kids' area currently. Even though you have big classrooms, you walk in, you have site-wise, 
you got a lot of big space. But 15 by 15 was what most of the classrooms were using. K through 3 spreads out a little more. I know K through 5, sometimes you spread out in your small groups. Um, but 15 by 15 is about what they were using. And so working with Leslie and what, what her needs were, they, originally, they were originally 10 by 16 is what he had designed. And we felt like, well, we're going we're gonna to need to spread a little bit there. So working with Leslie and working with what she was doing there um, was, was really helpful. And we got those five classrooms down the hall. Five is what we currently use. And then you could see off to the right, there's a larger classroom. It's about double, not quite double that size um, there. And that's what we would look at as a youth center. And here's one of the really cool things is that Zeb and Liz were willing to, to make a youth center that felt like this is the youth center, but that they were willing to do it in a way that it could easily be multi-purposed for Leslie and the kids area as well. And so, um, so they're, they're going to work together on that and what that would look like. But um, to have the heart to say, I'll multi-purpose, but we'll want to create it to look like a youth center, and it was really cool um, because sometimes in the youth ministry with youth pastors, it's fight for all you can get. And that's not what's coming out of them. And so I really appreciate that. So that'll be kind of the youth center, and, but it'll be there for multi-purposing for Leslie and the kids area if they need a bigger classroom on Sunday mornings. And so that's why it went there. Going off to the left, the smaller one, those are three offices. And they are... Um, well, they're certainly not big, but they go by about 10 by 15, and those will be multi-purpose. There'll be two, at least two desks in each of those classrooms. Um, I'll probably, I'll take a, excuse me, offices. I'll take an office for myself, and then we'll have desk in the other two to accommodate all the staff. At the very end, there's a little open area that we can have some type of reception area. Um, it could even be potentially closed in if we wanted it closed in. A doorway that goes off, a, a, a pathway from that doorway could go all the way around to the front so there's just an office entrance if you're coming up during the weekdays and don't have to go through the sanctuary um, and then on the other side you see an exit that goes out from the kids side and that very potentially could be your fenced in playground area that goes out that door so um, so that door there is not just an exit to to Wendover but uh, um, the kids area so Coming back down here, you see bathrooms uh, in the main area. You see a kitchen is what that is uh, off the fellowship hall. And then you'll see very faint in that hallway there. Those are, those are two kids' bathrooms that would be dedicated to the kids' area. We didn't want the kids' ministry to have to come out into the fellowship hall to go to the bathroom because we do have a secure kids' area. Once you go in, they're secure in there. And if you don't have a pass, you don't go in. So it didn't make sense to then take them out to the bathroom. We wanted to allow them to go to the bathroom in the kids' area, and that's what those are for there. So, so you can see it functions very similar to what, what we're doing, and uh, that was very important to us that we could still do what we were doing but obviously have the ability to, to change up. Um, the sanctuary um, is basically similar to what you're seeing here, and Dave, Dave, dude, stand right there where you're standing. Let's take a look at Dave. You can look at Dave and Chuck. I mean, they're, they're both wonderful looking. So... They <laughs> don't steal the show, Dave. So basically, now they're too far, um, but about right there. Basically, if you can see, that would be the back of the sanctuary. Um, so, uh, so you could see if we were, we were up here like this, it would be very similar here with probably the ability to have another row, uh, at least maybe two rows where each of you are sitting in your sections currently. All right, So it can go further back. It, it can go up to about 190 chairs. So, and we currently this morning 
Uh, I th- we did a little bit less, so I don't know if we even touched 140 this morning with the chairs. We normally do in 160. So, um, so you can see it's actually a little bit more space uh, in there. It just it feels like more space here because it's so open. Um, but in the area of seating and worship center, you know, we don't use half this room. It's just we set up a little spread out so it feels a little wider. Does that make sense? So any question on this design or any thoughts, comments, wants, needs, desires? Okay. Yes. Probably not up. It's very difficult for churches now to build up, um, and, and that's just because of all the regulations for elevators and things like that that you have to put in. Um, we would we'd probably build out. If uh, the question was because we're recording back there, is there any potential for building up on this site? Um, we would more if you flip back to the Dave. Would you go back to the site design? Um, if you flip back and look to this, it would be easier to either. Purchase land and put another building in, or <laughs> my be- my beautiful assistant. Um, it would either be easier to put the to build to purchase this land and build and put off another building off to the left, or to um, no farther up <laughs> if we were to so yeah yeah <laughs> or down here in the grass area to put additional building in so. chances are there would be some separation of the building with covered walkways and things like that um, to to that. Um, We had considered turning this to where it was flush with Windover so that if you did purchase that land in the future, you could just build right off this building. It's just lots of what-ifs that went into that, and we just thought that the visibility and what we could do with this was was a uh, a nice design here. Plus, that would create more of the entrance opening up and facing straight to the side street. We weren't as interested in that. So, um, good question, though. Thank you. But, yeah, please. No. Oh. The question uh, for the recording is, are five classrooms enough? It, and that's a good question, is because uh, currently it, it is what we use and it is uh, enough. We can't just think in current tenses and so we we understand that it's one of the reasons we put in that sixth classroom because you need to look at it from a kid's perspective that that is a kid's classroom it it would be used that way for a larger kid's classroom as well so we really there's six classrooms so we gain one more than what we have here here's the other thing is our expectation when we move in the building and this is just um and for everybody this is this is just based on regular stats when you build a building our expectation is we would grow at least 20% immediately just by opening the doors. Um, and with a, you know, a good campaign to the, the, the community and what we're doing and really us getting on board with, with the art of inviting, uh, it's very possible we could grow 50% just moving in the church, which means immediately we need a second service moving into the doors. So when you, t- you consider having a second service and the kids somewhat splitting, not equally 50-50, but splitting then we felt like it was, it was going to be adequate for us. It would be an awesome problem to have if we got in. We were running like two or three services and still being pushed, but that's kind of what, what we think at this point. It's a very good question. We did bat that around several times. Yeah. Derek.
Yeah, good question. Question about overflow parking. I'm not sure it's been asked or talked about on that. Um, I think we'd have to look at the number of parking spaces available currently um, in that design. But I think that parking lot would probably be as big as we want it to be. So if it was something, uh, I'm just wandering, banging into thumbs. Um, I think if it's something that, that we talked about and said, hey, we need to think about overflow, we could make that parking bigger than it needed to be. Um, so, or, you know, it could be there's a separate gravel lot south of that. If, you know, I, I'm, there's, there'd be options for that. We just, we had not, we had not worked through that. Good question for me to ask the architect. Oh, yeah. Any other questions on, on that, the building? Good question. Very, the question is, do we have to honor the, the two roads that are already on there? They, they converge there. And there is a street sign in the middle of the woods there. But, and the, the answer is no. Um, it doesn't have to be built. Once we, once we purchase this, it all becomes linked as one property. Now it's nine parcels. And once that's linked, it's our option. We own that. It's not. It was just, it was set up there um, with their original design. But... Uh, <laughs> It's, it doesn't have to be built. So, any, now, if we were to put an entrance on this side, we would have to put, we would have to finish that road that's there because currently it's just a driveway. We'd have to do a road, a full city road all the way to our entrance. So, so there would be an expense in that. That's why all of our entrances are off of joy. Yes. In the sanctuary, 190 seats. Oh, 190 seats. So if you think currently if we run 165, 170, that puts, you know, in the 115 range, 120 adults in here. The rest are down here with adults and kids. Uh, we're, we're gaining, you know, we're gaining you know, 30 seats easily we're gaining here uh, on, over, over what we currently set up. So um, it just feels bigger here again because of the space. What's that? Yeah, it's a good question because I've been asked this a few times. What about like a balcony like you see, especially in old-style old churches? Um, it's just if you're building a big thousand-foot people, you know, amphitheater kind of, they build those. It's very difficult to do now for the smaller church because of the access you have to have to get up there. You have to have an elevator that would go up. So you can't just say, well, if you can't climb up there, then you can sit down here. You, you have to have those. Um, that goes up. And so it's just the expense that comes with it and the space in a smaller building to put in those kind of things. It's just, it's just tough. So I don't know many churches that are doing that. Excellent question. Are we looking at using the seats? Um, from a financial perspective, we really would like to use the seats from our previous uh, church. Um, we stored so many of them that weren't even in use in the old place. They're in solid shape. Um, now, the, the if side of the question, Todd, is that they've been in storage now for going on two years. And it'll just, as best as we could to control the climate in the storage and all that kind of stuff, it's just a matter of how they come out. So, um, but our, our plan would be financially definitely to, to use. So. so, Except for that one that shook back and forth that I always seem to sit on. We'll get rid of that one. Any other questions? This. 
Good. I just want to publicly commend the staff because I've walked through the building process again uh, before in Phoenix, and this staff was far, far more accommodating as far as willing. And it wasn't just them saying, hey, I don't care, whatever. Um, it was them being able to say, hey, I need this. I'm willing to, to work with what we need to do here. And there's just there's a lot of multi-purposing mindset in what, what we're doing, and that's, that's very helpful. Well, it's a good question, and the question is, what do we project to grow, and how soon would we go to multi-services, all right? Um, the projection for growth is, like I said, I think 20 to 50 percent within the first year, you, you, we would have an expectation for. Somewhat 20 percent is just you open the doors, and they come, and the other, to get to 50 percent really depends on us being excited about what's going on and saying, hey, you got to come, you got to come join us, our church doors opening, that kind of stuff. Um, second service... I would say the staff is already prepping for it to happen immediately. Like, day one, we get in, we have two services launching in. The staff is already working that direction. Uh, I asked them to work on that. They've already come up with how their teaching structure works. I mean, Leslie's already worked on the teaching structure, and you would think, oh, we've got to double the teachers. Um, not necessarily in how we do that, and she's working on that plan and how we're doing that already. Um, um, in that. So, uh, so yes, we, we feel like if you were to grow without those percentages, immediately. So, which means we would be prepping for it in advance um, the best we could without a building, trying to prep for what that would look like. So, yes. I can, um, let me make sure we're off of building, straight building, because that's the next segment here. But that's going to be very important. Yes. Yeah. The well, the guy we hired is walking through that whole process. Now, whether he's working that out with somebody else or not, um, we'll have to ask him if, if, yeah. Correct, correct. Yeah. Now, our the, the the person we're working with, as far as our our real estate guys, you know, Bob Beaver is also a general contractor, so he's he's working to answer some of those questions of what can you actually build versus. Um, now, most of this design has been helped and rendered by the architect instead of us just saying, well, we want this wall to slant or this to curve or those type of things. So we're trying to keep it very basic for that reason so that it could be built this way and it wouldn't jack up the price. But um, it's probably a question I have to go to him and ask, though, Chris. So but that's, that's a good one. From the building, yeah, from building, I would say if, if, we're, if we're pushing two services and we're, we're maxed out in two services, then we're talking about the people and the financial base um, 
similarly to go over and launch a second building. Yeah. Um, it's what we'd be looking at. So, John. Good question. Um, I would say probably price-wise, I'd have to look. We we got a uh, we got a whole packet of things that were sent from our our architect general that is uh, uh, has things measured out. I don't know if equipped in the in the sense of uh, does it have a dishwasher and refrigerator and all that kind of stuff in it already in the price. I don't know. I'll have to look through that and see if he included all that in there. So I'll have to get back to you on that. Yeah, yeah, it will not be commercial grade in the sense of, you know, because commercial grade means you have to do certain things, um, and which would really jack up the cost. So um, we may have a handle. I don't know, Rishi. Don't don't push it, okay? All right. Now we'll we'll get you a handle. We'll get a handle, Darren. Well, it's still still in a little bit of a talk. Our our design was. Originally, like a prefab metal building, um, but but we still there's a, still a little bit of discussion on that from a price perspective, and there are some people like in our church, like a Rick Renshaw, like Chris Kivett, that they'll be help us in in what they do and and if it uh, it benefits us to go one way or the another financially. What do you mean on the roof? That Well, I think that that's still that that's still to be decided. But I think metal roof is what what the, our initial plan was, initial thought, and and one slope roof as well. So, and you can see some of that in that uh, the outside rendition that I emailed you guys. But uh, but again, I w- I can't say that with absolute on that. But but metal is what we were what we have been processing, talking about it till now. Yeah, we we had not up till now. It's a, a question we can put before our architect to see if it's if if it's feasible. Um, the the back to the floor plan. If you could the uh, the water was all. Um, I mean, you can see the, where the water is currently in this area. Of course, the building's not put together and built. Um, so uh, it's a question we can we can ask them uh, on that. But I was thinking I would just send most things with you. Oh, but. Oh, now you've really wrecked my plans. <laughs> All right, any other, any other questions? All right. All right, so the next, uh, the next question that, that goes with this here, um, and, and I would say as we're finishing this off, this is, this is our best effort at this point on the building design and the floor plan design. I mean, there's... A couple things, you know, that I think you just asked, um, specifically, Chris, what you asked, um, that would cause us to continue to go back and ask the questions and make sure we have the building d- down to what we... So what you're being presented here is just a building that we, we really think fits our needs and fits what, what we would need to have in that and how we function. And uh, if there's further questions we have to answer, 
we'll keep refining this, but uh, you can you can really you can get a pretty good sense of what we're talking about building wise based on that uh, picture. So if next time you see it, it looks just a slightly different. If a wall somewhere else or a room looks different, you know, don't don't go into a panic. So, so let's talk a little bit about time frame before we talk about finances. Um, basically, and think about this from best case scenario, um, which, Chris, that never happens in construction, right? Best case scenario? So, right. But let's just say it did this time. Um, best case scenario, our, our, um, our journal says that we're looking at about a six months before you can move dirt, all the permitting process, um, and assuming everything is is good to go at six months and everything is, is there and the financial side is there and that type of stuff, about a six months to get it built and to get in. That means best case scenario, a year from when you start the process. Um, now, I only know two different building projects and they certainly I would not put, one of them I would not put in the best case scenario. I'd put it in the worst case scenario um, category. That was, that was quite a bit longer. Um, another one went pretty good, but it wasn't, it wasn't right at. It was, it was delayed a couple months. So I just would assume in the process, you know, you probably have the flexibility that way. Um, but but uh, that is, that's potential time frame uh, for something like this to be able to get in. So if we were to launch into that, if we were to close on the land, say in the April 15th range, then you can look at potentially around the Easter time of next year. So, which had actually been a real nice Sunday to go in and open up for, um, but could be a real push to do that uh, at that time. So that's, that's time frame wise, best case scenario, and that's with all things considered. So, any other questions on on time frame? Did that answer your question, Jim, from before? Yep. Okay. All right. Some of the financial side of it. Um, we're still working to have things totally down. The building costs, as you know. $150,000. That's a set price. That's done. We've negotiated that with them. And land. land, I'm sorry. So building, excellent building. That was the 500-square-foot version building. So, so the, the land, that's negotiated and in place. We've been approved by WIF already on that. Um, we've done the application for that. We're in, we're, that's, that's ready to go. That takes one phone call tomorrow to call and say, we're purchasing the land, and the paperwork will start to be processed with a potential closing date 45 days out, April 15th, on the land. So that's what we're looking at as far as the land. On top of that, um, we recently got um, some, some baseline figures from uh, our, our Bob Beaver, who's been working with us and will serve as a general. And basically, you know, it's going to be somewhere in the nine-plus nine hundred thousand dollar range to build entirely on the building so you can see it's right at a million five not not one and a half million but a million fifty thousand is what it would what it looks preliminary now that does not take into account anything that those of you who are in this construction world you do this for a living you have you have means to do these type of things. We're not talking about, you know, just the handyman, but I mean, this is what you do for a living and that you potentially could save the church, you know, thousands of dollars based on what you do and how you do it, uh, you know, from, you know, painters to suppliers to whatever else. Um, that does not figure in anything like that. So, and what we can save with, with in those areas 
it's just a question mark for us yet. Until we bring, have a meeting where we bring all those people to the table and we put the plan in front of them and say, what can you do and what, what can you you know, what can you do for what price? Um, we, we don't really have an answer to that. So we just take that as the, the, the bottom figure at this point. And so that's what we're looking at it costing for the total project to get through here. So, um, question. Yeah, and we'll, we'll have... We'll have um, Tina research that and how and how that all how that hell goes, but but uh, yeah, seven nine one three overall square footage. So good. So uh, so that's what we're looking at financially. How do we pay for this type of building? Um, well, it's very important that we look at this. And um, Rich is going to hand out for you um, our time to build schedule there. Uh, really one per family here because I don't think there's 60 or so copies of it. Um, and I want to just walk you through uh, this. And I think, Rich, I think I gave you mine. So if you could give me one of those back, it's going to be easier for me to walk through. No, I didn't give it. I just covered it. All right, everybody got one now? Okay, so with our Wesleyan Investment Foundation, one of the nice things about Wesleyan Investment is because we are a Wesleyan church, they are willing to risk and stick their neck out for their churches because they believe in the ministries of their churches and in their schools and things like that. And so we don't have to go to a bank to look for a loan. Um, we have an uh, investment foundation who will front our loan. Um, the question is the amount that they will front. Up till our current conversation, somewhere up to 900000 is a church our size, what we're giving, what our budget looks like the last few years, what we've paid, what we've said no to, things like that. That basically dictates somewhere close to that price. That's not the total amount that we're talking about here, as you can see. Um, and so we have to ask, how do we pay for this and how does this happen? Well, the first thing is that when you're, when you're talking about l taking money from WIF, you are, you're looking at a capital campaign. That's what happens in the church world, and that's what we'll be looking at uh, doing. And so uh, basically, this is a timetable of that type of capital campaign and the launch of that, some of which I talked about during the sermon, especially from the spiritual growth side of things. I want to talk about strictly from kind of the the financial side of breakdown of this time to build this 40-day, five-week period. So it basically starts today. Um, and I, I said that in a proposal way, as you heard during the teaching, because we're going to vote on it until we recount those votes and we can come away saying, this is it. This is no longer proposal state. This is the way we're moving. Um, I want to respect that it is in a proposal state. All right? So um, how to prepare for a miracle. That's what I talked about today. Church vote. 
to move forward. That's what will happen in just a few minutes. After next week, um, myself and my wife, during this week, we will sit down and we will decide financially, what is it God wants your pastor to give? What type of capital campaign pledge would he call of us? What type of one-time gift to, get, to kick the whole thing off would he ask of us? And we feel very, very much that it's, it's our job to set the precedent and tell you, this is what God has put on our heart. This is where we're going to step forward uh, and launch, launch out. And so we, we'll have a week where we process that. Then we are going to go talk to the board and to the staff as well about the same thing. Hey, here's what God's put on our heart. We want to start praying for you in word or direction. I will not sit and ask the board, how much are you giving? What are you pledging? Uh, that's, that's, I don't think that's my role as the pastor to ask in dollar amounts. But we will go sit and talk to him and, and on an individual basis say, this is what we're trying to accomplish. This is the vision of what we're talking about. Um, and this is financially our plan to get to that place. And making sure everybody on our staff in LBA from a, a, a one-on-one perspective understands so clearly from a financial point what we're doing. Now, I've been already walking through it with them, um, but we, we value the one-on-one time with everyone. And then we will also, we will talk to key givers of the church, people who we know are really faithful in their, their giving. Um, and, uh, and I won't ask dollar amounts ever, but I'll just ask Tina, tell me the families that I should go sit with, and we'll go sit with them. That is to kick off our campaign. It's also to let us know if, if those com- committed, and we already know are committed on that level, they're willing to do this, then they're standing out saying, hey, we're leading the charge. You stand up and join us here. And so that will happen during that, that time period. Time to build leaders training. That is the group that I talked to you about that's going to come visit your house. And so basically we are looking, and if it hits your heart right now, you just let me know at the end. But we're looking for somewhere to 10 or so families or people that are willing to go do these visits. Again, you're not fundraising. It's not your job. Um, to, to have to do that. I mean, it means your job to encourage people if, if God puts on your heart. But in this visit, you don't have to go fundraise. You're going to pray with people, to be a blessing to them, to give them their packet, and just to explain, here's what we're doing. Here's what it's about. The financial component is only one of five components that's, that's involved in that. But you are not telling them, give, how much you're going to give. You don't have to do anything like that. Um, so that will do a leader's training on that. Um, I had this in place, and then I was told that our Guatemala trip meeting is that day as well. We'll figure out what to do and how to, how to make that happen. Um, and then April 12th would actually start the launch of the capital campaign. Everything I talked about from a spiritual growth perspective will start as well that I talked about during the sermon. But from a <laughs> financial perspective, it'll be... Part of our, our weekly talking will be in that. Our weekly teaching will be involved in that. We'll hand out the home devotional we talked about. The neighborhood groups will begin their four-week series. Uh, home visits will begin as well. The people that were trained, they'll start going and visiting, and everyone will be visited in the church. Our land closing date would be April 15th, assuming we told them tomorrow that we are uh, purchasing. Um, and then May 2nd, I told you during the message that we'd have a time to build banquet. Here's what would happen from a financial perspective on that, at that banquet. As we celebrate everything that I talked about during the teaching, we would also hand in our pledge cards. And we're looking at 36-month pledge cards from people at the church. And that's basically what we're calling people to. 
to say over the next 36 months, would you commit to this additional amount above and beyond your tithe to give this amount that goes 100% to the building fund? We will not discern or decipher how to use that money in any other way than the building project 100%. So, um, but we're calling people above and beyond their tithe. Right away, that is challenging you, if you don't already, to tithe. It's so important because what we don't want to do at any time is to pull out of our ministry fund to have to support the building outside of what we've already funded in our budget. We don't want to pull out and say, you know, hey, Leslie, we're going to cut a little in the kids' area here because we, we want to fill our, our capital campaign over here. That's not our goal. That's not what it's about. And so it causes us to rise up. We've talked many times about the, the biblical obedience side of tithing, and it's so important. I would go so far to say this. If you are called and you say, I'm going to do a 36-month pledge, and yet you're not tithing, forget the pledge. Just start tithing. Just start tithing. Because that is the biblical mandate, and that's, that's where you should start. And I believe that as you tithe, God will so grip your heart in this that giving above that and giving to the building it won't be an issue, it won't be a problem for you. And, and I'll just let God do that in your heart instead of me doing a, an extra campaign on that. So that makes sense? Um, so uh, that would happen at the time to build a banquet. We would also be calling during, from now to then, we'd be calling for just one one-time gift to kick off, the begin to build the, the, excuse me, begin to build offering, we would do that night, and we would try to raise as much as we could that night to start the project. If we could come out of that night with as, enough money to handle all the permitting process in the first six months, guess what? We don't have to borrow anything for six months. That means we can go into that, we can be building, we can be receiving money in our 30-month pledges, 36-month pledges for six months, all of that's cash on hand, which means we don't have to borrow that when we have to start borrowing to build. So you can see, even though it's about a million and a half, and uh, we, can, we feel like we can raise 900000 we could legitimately after six months go into that and be closer, much closer to that 900000 than it sounds to start if we're really committed and faithful in the beginning to do that uh, during that six-month period. So that's what the Begin to Build offering would be all about that, that week. And so we'd celebrate that. Our goal would be to come out of that night, our goal would be to come out with $250,000 in pledges. That means for 36 months, our church would commit $250,000 in our capital camp. Can you imagine in three, in three years that at the end of three years, if we only borrow 900000 at the end of three years, and that's 650000 at the end of three years, that's, that's pretty significant. We would also give plenty of opportunity. Uh, well, I'll finish this, and then I got you. Plenty of opportunity during the campaign for people that 20 to 50% growth, we would give opportunity for people to step on board with their pledges as we move on. So if we hold to our pledges of 250000 and God moves the hearts of those new people that come in and they commit a pledge for the remainder of the 36 months, maybe it's you know, 24 at that time or 12 at that time, um, then you could see knocking that down a significant amount uh, is very doable in the first three years of getting in. So, Jim.
Yes, the question is about what the capital campaign and what that does. Basically, they look at the pledge amount as collateral. And so they, they look at it as, hey, we'll loan you 800,000. You got 250 more thousand in pledges. Well, we'll kind of add that on top and let you borrow that much as well. Um, now, we're not sure that means we'll just go ahead and borrow all that. That's not what we're saying. Um, but it means we have the opportunity to qualify for that. We have a, a little bit more aggressive of financial goal in our pledges and what we would pay, especially at the end of the six-month period, so that we could really borrow as little as possible than what we could raise. Now, that is a timetable. And that timetable can work very clearly in getting in one year, going in and at the end of six months, paying for all the permitting process in cash and then borrowing. And it would be on like a construction loan, so you borrow as you need to, to build. However, I want to throw out another time frame for you. It wouldn't be my plan A. But at the end of six months, we look at what's actually being given and we haven't covered that. Um, then we have the option at six months to say, hey, all the permitting's done, everything's in place, it's good to go. We're going to sit and wait till the finances are at the level that they need to be at. Um, now, I'll tell you, it, that's a dangerous place. It's a dangerous place. Because you can get to that point, you can continue what you're doing, you don't see anything happening, and you can kind of say, well, I guess it's not going to happen. It is far easier to just stick our necks way out and sacrifice at the beginning for God what God wants us to do. Commit to our tithe and commit to some type of pledge. It just nail it with the beginning to build a campaign offering that night and just run through the whole thing and just, and just pay it from there than it is to sit and wait. But if that's a position we're in, it is our responsibility as a board to not steer us wrong financially. And if we get to that point in six months and we haven't moved dirt and it's time to move dirt, and we're not ready financially, we just won't move dirt. We'll, we'll wait till we'll be in place to be ready to do it, but we'll hold till it's, it's time to go financially. So does that make sense? All right. Yes. So we wander for the recording, Sheree said we can wander for 40 years if we're not obedient. Um, I would say there was biblical precedent. So, yeah. I would like to not die not in the building. Or to die, not in the building. So, yeah, you can see it. That's, that's biblical as well. Any other questions on that financial side? That came from my son, that no. Which means he wants to eat. Well, is that from you or my son? So, okay. All right, Jeff wants to vote. Okay, so here's what you're going to get. Um, let's hand out the ballots, and I'll, I'll explain them, and then uh, we'll go at it. Okay, again, as you're getting this ballot, if you are a regular attender, this is your home church, then we're asking for you to vote. There's a little part where you say you're a member or not a member. That's important for, for me and for my knowledge. Um, but does not mean if it, you mark non-member, we're pitching it. Um, if you are here, and I'm, I mean, I'm just glancing around, so I'm getting an idea. If you're here and this is like, you know, you just pop in every once in a while, and you, this is not your home, 
I would just ask you, please don't vote on this. This is you. If you are uh, not an adult, please don't vote on this. It's for, yeah. We, we have a separate way we're going to include our teens in a vote. So I don't want to count twice. So Tucker, you didn't get one, did you? Okay. All right, so let me explain this. You'll mark that, and there are, there, there's basically two boxes other than the member and non-member, and that is to say, yes, I'm on board with this plan as it's presented this morning. The board has already unanimously, re- is it, did I pronounce that right? The board is always already, with everyone saying yes, <laughs> has agreed with this plan as we've presented it this morning. I was not going to present it until I knew the board was 100% behind it. The staff has equally uh, had this plan presented to them and on board with it as well. And so now we're bringing it to you as a congregation. But you need to know your board and staff is. You are going to mark yes or no on that, and you have a place for comments. Please, if you mark no, just give me some feedback. You don't have to put your name on it, but I'd just like to know what's in your head, what's in your process. If you said yes and there's something you said yes, but I'd like you to think about this, please put it in there as well. I'm going to give you, uh, I'm going to say go ahead and mark your ballot if you, if you want, and then just uh, give it one minute here, and <clears throat> I think Richard and Rich, are you guys, you got baskets or something? Okay. Now, if you just fold it over and you can hand it to her, it'd be fine. Okay, and the way we'll work this is my original intent um, Make sure you hear this just in case you're asked. This is important. My original intent was to say, this is such an important Sunday that if you choose not to be here, then you really choose not to be a part of this, with the exception of one family that I, I, knew, I knew there was a, a vacation plan, and that was, I, that was me working with them, and that's totally legit. Um, but with the ice rolling in, I feel like I am going to get slammed to the wall if I, I don't give a few, you know, the option especially when they, they felt like their roads were treacherous, and that's legit too. So um, what, what I will do is I'll immediately get the teaching online today. This is being recorded too, and I'll put this online. And then I will ask them, listen to this, and please send me um, a, a survey that I'll have online for them by tonight. They'll have till tonight, and then we will let you know by tomorrow morning what we came to agreement on. Unless I know earlier tonight. No, you don't get to know now. Because it wouldn't be a complete vote. So, yeah. Any final questions? That's a good question. That's a good question. What kind of percentage for the recording? I was asking the board member, are you ready to move forward on 51%? And I said that would be um, like moving forward in sand. Um, so... Um, I, I think, you know, we don't, I couldn't say we had a percentage of the number we said, you know, boy, if, if it's not 85 or, or higher, then we're getting a message from the congregation. So, um, well, thank you. That's a good question. Anybody else? All right. Sorry, I did not have fish and loaves to multiply for your lunch today, so I'll let you go have lunch. Now, I will say, um, if you look around, everything is still set up. You know, that's just, you know, hint, hint as you're leaving. So, all right. Oh, the 